Harry Potter. Oh, Harry Potter. 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 And the Half Drunk Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Sam, and I'm pleased to introduce our friend Bailey, who's with us today. Yes, welcome. Hi, guys! (laughs) (laughs) So, Bailey, um, tell us a little bit about your background, or lack thereof, with Harry Potter. So, I have never read a Harry Potter book. Uh, (laughs) I have seen maybe up to the fifth movie, but it's been since high school uh, that I have watched a movie, but I did, I saw the first one as a child and it scared me, so that's my reasoning for... So it scarred you and now you just won't give it a chance at all. I feel like it's too late for me. It's never too late. It's not too late. It's never too late. Um, So this episode is all about um, like a newbie's guide to Harry Potter, which is why we brought Bailey on, because she is our friend and we care for her dearly and we know that she is missing out. So we are going to go through... We're educating her today. Very briefly, (laughs) what to expect from each Harry Potter book. Um, But we'll get to that later. So right now, let's talk a little bit about what happened on our social media this past week. Yeah, so first, we just want to say thank you for all of those who submitted their costumes. Um, Some are like their nieces or their uh, kids, and it was just really cute. Um, And then some of you got really creative with it. But our winner is Natalie, who dressed up as Harry Potter. So she will be joining us in a few weeks, um, which is really exciting. And then we are now doing our November giveaway, which if you enter and fill out our little template that's in our highlights on Instagram, then you'll have the opportunity to win some free merch for Harry Potter merch. So yeah, it's exciting. Who doesn't love merch? Free stuff. I mean, come on, it's I'm pretty always cool. up for free stuff. Yeah, so I'll be teasing that on the social media in the next coming weeks, but we'll announce the winner on the podcast. So yeah. Um, also, thank you. We had someone message us after the Halloween episode. Thank you, Sean from. Um, from Great Britain, but lives in Australia now. He's yes. a musician. You guys should check him out. His name's Sean. Yes. Sean Fitzgerald. His name was Sean Fitzgerald. And um, he cleared up and he said that Great Britain celebrates Halloween pretty much the same as we do in America. But as always, Americans take it to the next level. Of course. Which, you know, we go hard or go home. Or I guess in our case, we <laughs> go hard and then we go home and then get big. <laughs> So, um, yeah, thanks, Sean. And, well, shit, we didn't even talk about what we're drinking. Oh, so our drink of the week is a margarita because it's National Chip and Chips and Salsa Day. I think it's like National Nachos Day. Oh, Nachos Day. I, it's one of the Mexican food days. Um, and Any we're all excuse about that. to eat <laughs> chips and drink margaritas, I am going to take. We posted a simple recipe for a margarita for you guys, so we hope you enjoy that. That's what we're drinking, and Bailey gets to choose who we are shag marrying and killing this week, and she said that she wants to do... So I know Newt, Neville. So Newt from Fantastic Beast, Neville, obviously, and since she has named these two in characters, in-named characters. Um, I figured we do another in-name character, maybe, just to yeah. um, spice it up. So the only other in-name character that I could think of off the top of my head was Narcissa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was thinking Nymphadora, but Narcissa. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do Narcissa because that makes it a little bit easier. All right. Bailey, do you want to go first? Sure. So I'm going to kill Narcissa because I'm not sure who that is. But of the movies I've seen, 
Newt and Neville have been my probably my two favorite characters. Interesting. I like it. So I think I'm gonna marry Neville mm. because I think he's pure and good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll shag Newt because I think he's really attractive. Okay, yes. Fair. um i think i would shag neville um just because i don't really think that we'd have that much in common if we were to get married like he really loves plants and i can barely keep plants alive (laughs) (laughs) and i would marry newt because of the opposite reason he loves animals and so do i so he's very nurturing i guess neville's nurturing too but i don't Anyways, also Newt's clearly um, not hard to admire mm-hmm. um, for other <laughs> attributes. And, yeah, kill Narcissa. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna, this is so hard, but I think I'm going to have to agree with Sam. I would kill Narcissa, shag Neville, marry Newt. Because Newt is just, like, the sweetest person. I yes. I love his character. I love Neville. And, but, and they're both they're both sweet and they're both badasses in their own right. Yeah. So um also, but also Newt's a Hufflepuff. <laughs> um yeah, so that's fun. So now I think it's time to find out Bailey's Hogwarts um stats. Yes. So she just made a Pottermore account and I think she's ready to join her Hogwarts house. Exciting. I'm so excited. And I'm taking bets because I think this bitch is in Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> Slytherin? Okay. All right, here we go. This one? Yep. It's time to be sorted. I have waited 14 weeks to... <laughs> I thought you were going to say 14 years. 14 years. Is this, like, affecting you, me being here next to you while you're taking this quiz? <laughs> no. Do you think I'm judging your answers? No, because I'm not sure what what is the correct answer or not. There's no correct answer. It's like having an opinion. You can have <laughs> a correct opinion. Oh! What'd she get? What'd she get? <laughs> She's Hufflepuff, Aww. too. Oh, yay. <laughs> I never thought I would be a Hufflepuff. I didn't either. <laughs> this is our first Hufflepuff besides you, right? Um, yeah, I think it is the first Hufflepuff besides me. Well, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I just never thought I would be a Hufflepuff. Well, you do really like plants. I do love plants. So that makes (laughs) a little bit of sense. Yeah. That's why I like Neville after you guys told me that he likes plants. That just reaffirmed. Him and I would have a beautiful garden. Aww, (laughs) it's so cute. (laughs) Bailey and Neville forever. I love it. I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm shocked. Yeah, that's very different than Slytherin. I know. I know. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> so what did you think of me? You I thought so too for a minute. I did too. Well, that's fun. Uh-huh. Let's do more. All right, here she goes taking her Patronus quiz. Oh, look at this. I know, it's so much fun. I wish I could do it over and over. I wish I could do it over and not get a fucking gray squirrel. I know. (laughs) Gray squirrel and a mink. So you only (laughs) can go up from there. (laughs) I thought gray squirrel is like a good one. Because I've always loved squirrels. I mean, they're cute, I guess. They're cute and you can... Am I supposed to pick one? Yeah, really quickly. Go with your gut instinct. I see them all the time. (laughs) Like... I'm not even joking. If I go out for a run or something, there's like three of them just like chasing each other around. They're watching after you. I guess. Whatever. I do store my food, so (laughs) I literally freeze everything. If I don't finish it, I put it in the freezer. They literally can like climb up the sides of like sides of buildings. Well, I can't do that shit. (laughs) But if you could turn into a squirrel, like well, you don't turn into your (laughs) patrona. Oh my gosh. I think you should turn to your Patronus. Okay, we'll explain what a Patronus is after you take the test. <laughs> is it the the being that protects you? Is that what it is? Yeah. Or is it like... So yeah. there are these beings called Dementors that come to suck your soul out, basically. And yes. if you uh, cast your Patronus, then it protects you. It's like your guardian, okay, so basically. so you don't turn into a Patronus. No. No. 
I mean, technically, if you're really good at um, transfiguration, you could turn yourself into one, like McGonagall does. And then and animagus. animagus. Um, but that takes a lot of practice, too. But you can turn into one. I want to do that. Yeah. That can All be right, dangerous, too. Click and try. Here it comes. What? Oh, she's a pheasant. A pheasant? What's that gonna do for me? <laughs> okay, I was wrong. You can't only go up from there. She's <laughs> like waddling around. <laughs> Great. Oh my I god. I can see what this is supposed to mean. Yeah. Are there any famous people who have. Uh, um, not that we know of in the book, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that there's not. Pheasant, <laughs> a noble bird. Regal, it symbolizes virtue and refinement. Oh, it can be a bit proud, which might lead to trouble. But they care greatly for family and comfort. That's like you. Okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're so disappointed. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sad. Hey, join the club, pal. We're all I'd, disappointed. I'd rather be a gray squirrel. <laughs> all right, let's um, let's go back and do your wand real quick. All right, here are the wand <clears> results. <throat> Redwood wood with a unicorn hair core, twelve and a quarter inch, and rigid flexibility. Oh, she's a rigid big. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? I don't know. I um, have unbending flexibility, so I have none. <laughs> but we all have the same core. Redwood? Oh, unicorn? Yeah, unicorn hair. So, redwood is in short supply. Hmm. It has a reputation for bringing good fortune to its owner. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Do you want to find out your Ilvermorny house? Yeah. Is that the American versions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I learned that on the podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> wampus. Ooh, Wampus. Let's sort it into the Wampus house. You're the first Let's one. More about. Yeah. Oh, there we go. A magical panther-like creature. Nice. Yeah, so Wampus is... Um, the, like, the warrior ones, right? So that's the most, Ooh. like, Gryffindor, I guess, if you want to okay. try to compare them. Yeah. Some, like, an American Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think so. I'm not sure. So. So are there more houses? Might be a Gryffindor. Yeah. All right. Cool. So I'm technically a Gryffindor. <laughs> um, no. In America. No. You're technically a Hufflepuff. I could try. That's cute. <laughs> but you're a wampus, which isn't a Gryffindor, but it's still badass. Yeah. I'm a so. wampus. <laughs> I'm a womp that <laughs> All right. Anyways. <laughs> so now we're going to move into what Bailey thinks about Harry Potter um, being new to this series. But first, we should go over our poll results. So we asked, would you rather go back and be able to read the books for the first time or see the movies for the first time? Um, and on Facebook, it was pretty, like, significant movie, pe- or book people, sorry, um, like 88% to 12%. Um, like, But it was always book-heavy. But on Instagram, for the longest time, it was, like, half and half and then a little bit movie heavy, and then it ended up being uh, books 70% and movies 30%. So, okay. books one. Yeah. That's what I voted for. That was definitely books again. Um, yeah, and I also want to know what Bailey thinks about Harry Potter just purely based off the fact that she's listened to mm-hmm. every episode of this podcast. I missed the ones when I was out of the country. Well, okay. how dare you? Well, <laughs> No, so sad. Unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) But she knows pretty much what she does know from Harry Potter based off of this podcast. So it'll be interesting 
to get her view on the whole um, series, what she thinks yeah. happens in each book from that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. I have faith in you. I'm not sure if I can narrow down the events to each book. No, just like the summary. Like, what do you think happens just, in each book? So well, we'll start with the Sorcerer's Stone or for our British friends, the Philosopher's Stone. What do you think happens so in that book? Is that the first one? Yes, yes that okay. is the first one. <laughs> so I have seen the first movie, but that's when they all arrived to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And, well, he found out that he was a wizard. Uh, he gets, I remember, I'm going to relate this back to like what I've seen in the movies, but he gets all of the letters. They like pile mm-hmm. up. <laughs> yep. And he goes to Hogwarts and he meets Hermione and Ron. And the next thing I remember is there's a three-headed dog. (laughs) (laughs) And there's also a chess game. Okay. (laughs) That was very scary as a small child to me. (laughs) And then you find out Voldemort at the end, but he has two heads. And (laughs) that is what scared me as a child. So... You pretty much That's about it. Yeah, I mean you pretty much nailed that one. <laughs> so I like wrote a little synopsis. So basically in the first book and movie, you meet Harry Potter um and see that he has grown up in like the worst home life like possible. Um but then he finds out he's a wizard and he goes to Hogwarts and meets all these interesting people and becomes friends with Ron and Hermione. But then he also learns more about like his background and his parents. Um, one significant scene I wrote down was the Mirror of Erised scene with Dumbledore. Um, when he learns that, like, what he wants more than anything is a family. But I think at the, by the end of the book, at least, he kind of gained a family um, with his friends. So a huge theme throughout that book is, like, finding your people and, like, your family. Um, but then he also learns that yeah, Voldemort is coming back, and in order to defeat him, he's going to need Ron and Hermione by his side. So, Yeah, for sure. So it's all about friendship. Yeah. The first book's definitely, I think, all about friendship. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's hear... So you said you've seen the first one the most? The first movie, I've probably seen it two or three times. Okay. Because I remember saying once as a kid, and then I have many friends who are disappointed in the fact that I have not watched Harry Potter. Oh, no. So most of them have made me watch the first movie. (laughs) Okay. But I, thinking of the second movie, I have, I I can't even begin to tell you where, (laughs) what I think happens. What's it, what's the second one called? Chamber of Secrets. Yep, I have... Well, give it a college try. <laughs> <laughs> Just by so the name. So, typing a paper, I would assume, and <laughs> hearing from the podcast, the Chamber of Secrets gets opened in the second book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you that happen? Correct. Did that happen on Halloween? Yes, it did. Because I listened to the <laughs> episode. <laughs> So I'm just going to say that the Chamber of Secrets gets opened, and that's a bad thing, (laughs) and Harry Potter has to do something about it. (laughs) Harry Potter has to do something about it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's accurate. Um, Harry does do something about it. It's like a C grade answer. Um, so if yeah, um, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna give you a quick little synopsis in a bit more detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second book starts off. Harry has spent another misfortunate summer with the Dursleys. They're they treat him like shit, which you know I'm mm-hmm. sure they're throwing a dinner party. Um, which they want Harry not to ruin, and he ends up ruining it because Dobby arrives <laughs> and gets him in trouble and tells him, don't go to Hogwarts. Um, and then he's locked away for the summer. Ron, Fred, and George come and rescue him, and he spends the rest of the summer with the Weasleys. Then they go to Diagon Alley using flu powder, and they run in with Malfoy, which is important. Then they go back to school, and um, 
Quidditch starts off, Draco calls Harry, or Hermione a mudblood, which is really rude and mean and kind of a big deal. And then Harry starts hearing voices, the Chamber of Secrets gets opened, and um, they all think that it's Draco, and they they want to find out who opened the Chamber of Secrets and who the heir of Slytherin is, so then... Harry, Ron, and Hermione make some Polyjuice Potion because they want to go undercover and see if Draco really is the heir of Slytherin. Hermione turns they into a cat and find out that Draco's not the heir of Slytherin. Um, people are getting petrified left and right. Then Harry, um, he's hearing voices and he starts speaking in parcel tongue and he terrifies all the rest of the students because they think that he's the heir of Slytherin. Then um, Hagrid is arrested because they found out that Hagrid was wrongly framed for opening the Chamber of Secrets 50 years ago, and he tells them to follow the spiders, so they follow the spiders to meet Aragog, and then Ron and Harry almost die after they meet Aragog. Um, Then they find out that Moaning Myrtle was the student who was killed by the Beast 50 years ago, and then um, they see that Ginny Weasley was taken into the Chamber of Secrets, so Harry and Ron take it upon themselves to go into the Chamber of Secrets once they find out where the entrance is, and they take Lockhart with them. And, yeah, then Harry kind of saves the day by killing the Basilisk and destroying Tom Riddle's diary, which was the reason that the Chamber of Secrets was opened, and that is the first Horcrux that was ever destroyed. Then the book ends by Harry giving Dobby the House Elf a sock, um, sort of secondhandly giving it to him, and now Dobby is a free elf, so it's come full circle. Um, but I guess a major theme would be the fact that um, it's just, like, acceptance in general. So one of the big things about the Chamber of Secrets is that it was made um, by Salazar Slytherin, which was one of the four founders of Hogwarts, and he kind of believed that Hogwarts should only be filled with students that were purebloods, which means that both of the students' parents were wizards. And, like, the line of wizardry is pure. Mm -hmm. So that goes back to, like, when Draco was calling Hermione a mudblood, it meant that, Mm -hmm. like, neither of her parents were wizards, so Mm -hmm. she had, like, dirty, unpure wizard blood. Um, So I guess a lot of the book is just about accepting your fellow um, colleague or friend or whatever for wherever they come from and whatever their background is. Important lesson. Yeah. So, the next book. So, a prisoner of Azkaban escapes and has a run-in with Harry Potter and his friends. And I know Lupin has to do with this. He's friends with the prisoner. Yep. And... Lupin is a werewolf. The prisoner also can turn into a dog. (laughs) And they fight. And I just remember this from seeing it in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so The Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite um, of the Harry Potter series. So it starts off, he's at his aunt and uncle's house, and he blows up his Aunt Marge, who was being a bitch, and then he leaves. She blows up into a balloon. Yes, and then he leaves and goes to the Leaky Cauldron, um, where he meets up with all the Weasleys and Hermione, and he finds out that Sirius Black has escaped from Azkaban. He doesn't know who Sirius Black is yet, but he knows he escaped, and um, Ron's dad tells him to be careful. Also, Hermione has a cat who hates Ron's rat. Um, that's important later. So <laughs> they go to school, and they're taking... Or Hermione's taking a bunch of classes and has a way mysteriously to get to all these classes. Um, so they're doing that, but then he also finds out that there are these things called Dementors, because when they were on the train, they got attacked by them. And Lupin, who turns out to be their dark arts teacher, who they don't know is their dark arts teacher yet, has to fight them off and then give some chocolate, because chocolate makes everything better, let's face it. Um so they're at Hogwarts, and they're going about their lives, but Sirius Black is still like on everyone's mind, obviously, and he breaks into the castle, and everyone's super concerned for Harry, and he doesn't understand why, because they're all kids. Um, but then it turns out that Sirius Black is Harry, Fod- Harry Potter's godfather, 
um, but also was the secret keeper for Harry's parents, which means he was one of the only ones who knew where they were. Um, and it's alleged that he sold them out to Voldemort. Um, so Harry is like super pissed off, obviously. But at the same time, he's getting to know more about his parents through Lupin because Lupin was um, his dad's best friend. So of all of this leads into um, they have a run in with Sirius Black where he explains that he's innocent. Um, but Harry's like, I don't know. And then Snape comes in and is being a bitch because it's Snape. <laughs> and like they stun him. Harry actually stuns him. Um and Sirius Black convinces Harry that he's innocent and Ron's rat is to blame because Ron's rat is actually Peter Pettigrew, who was also their friend and who is a Death Eater. So then there's a bunch of Dementors sucking out Sirius Black's soul. Harry casts his first Patronus, which is a huge moment because his Patronus is the same as his dad's, which is awesome. Um, and then they go back in time because they're like they put Sirius in a prison to go back to Azkaban. So they go back in time to rescue him. They free him. Harry wants to live with him, but he can't because Sirius is going to be on the run, and it's really sad. But this is the only book where Voldemort is like really not involved. Um, so I would think the main theme of this book would be forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness, because not only does like little things happen, like Hermione has to forgive, or Ron has to forgive Hermione for like, always accusing her cat of shit, but also like, you know, Sirius Black needed to ask for forgiveness, not only from Harry, but also Lupin mm -hmm. um, and Snape. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Prisoner of Azkaban. All right. Next book is Goblet of Fire. It's a big is this, one. Is this the one that has Cedric yes. in it? Mm -hmm. Okay. I have seen this movie. This isn't the other movie I've seen. At least parts of it multiple times. I don't remember how it starts, but I know they have the big tournament mm -hmm. that happens. Mm -hmm. uh, is it for the Goblet of Fire? Do they get to win that? It's like a trophy, yeah. Like a trophy? So, uh, Robert Pattinson is in the movie as Cedric. <laughs> <laughs> and they before go. Twilight. Yep, before Twilight, pre Robert. And so they go to this tournament thing and have to do a bunch of different things. Uh -huh. And I remember, doesn't he see a mermaid? Yeah. He does indeed see a mermaid. And when he's in the water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is he in the water trying to save someone? He is. Yeah. Okay. So does the mermaid try and attack him? No, the mermaid kisses him, doesn't it? No. Kisses who? No, wrong movie. Wrong movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, just know Cedric dies, and yes. they have a run into Voldemort, right? At the end? Um, correct. All right, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> um, so the story starts off, and we meet this guy, Frank, who used to be the groundskeeper for Voldemort's parents' house, and um, he sees a light on, um, and he goes to investigate, and it turns out Voldemort is there, and Voldemort kills the guy on the spot. Voldemort's with Wormtail, and um, Barty Crouch Jr.'s, uh, well, Barty oh, Crouch hold Jr. Up. Wormtail is Peter Pettigrew, just so you know. Yeah, Wormtail okay. is Peter Pettigrew. Um, so then Harry wakes up, and his scar is burning, and he um, is invited to go to the Quidditch World Cup with the Weasleys, which Vold our, um, Uncle Dursley lets him do. So they all go to the Quidditch World Cup um, through a port key, which is important later. Mm. It's kind of foreshadowing. So port key is just like any object, any random thing that you touch, and it takes you somewhere else. Um, so they go to the Quidditch World Cup, and while they're there, Ireland wins. And then um, the dark mark is cast over the Qu Quidditch World Cup, which is like the thing that Voldemort's followers do to like summon all the Death Eaters in one place. Um, then they go back to Hogwarts. And the whole um, Triwizard Tournament is announced. So these two other schools come to Hogwarts for the Triwizard Tournament from Bow Battens and from Durmstrang. And then they do like a drawing to see which competitors are going to be in Triwizard Tournament. So they have, they're supposed to have one from each house. So mm -hmm. they have Victor from Durmstrang, they have Fleur Delacour 
from um, Bow Battens, and then they have Cedric from Hogwarts, but oh wait, it's not done yet. The Goblet of Fire spits out another name, and lo and behold, Harry Potter is in the Triwizard Tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, Madame Moody is the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher this year, and he's actually a really good Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. He helps Harry out a lot um, throughout the tournament. So the first task is... Um, well, I sh- backtrack. Ron gets pissed that Harry is in the Triwizard Tournament because pissed. Ron is kind of jealous of Harry's fame mm-hmm. and is kind of upset that he- if Harry put his name in the Goblet of Fire, then why couldn't he just, like, tell Ron how he did it so that Ron mm-hmm. could have a chance, too? So he gets pissed, but they get over it. Um, anyway, so they do the first task, which is they have to get an egg from a dragon. The second task is, like you said, they have to save someone important from them, from the mermaids. And then the third task is a maze that they have to get through and get to the middle. And when they get to the middle, they find um, the cup. So Harry gets through all of that and has some awkward things happen in between where he goes to the Yule Ball and he asks a girl out and she's like, no. And um, he gets slandered in the newspapers by Rita Skeeter, who's like this awful bitch who like just writes trash about everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally he gets to the middle of the maze and he and Cedric get there at the same time. They kind of help each other to get there. And guess what? The cup is a port key. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. And shit cup, about to go down. Yeah. Shit hits the fan. So they arrive in this graveyard looking place. And as soon as they get there, um, they're like all confused and they're like, why did the cup take us here? This is weird. And then Wormtail works out and he's holding like little sack of shit Voldemort and Voldemort's like kill the spare and um Vol- or Wormtail kills Cedric just on the spot then um pretty much Harry is surrounded by all these death eaters and they take his blood and Voldemort comes back to power through like this spell potion hybrid mm-hmm. and Voldemort's there and he's touching him and he's like haha Harry Potter not this time I'm gonna kill you but he doesn't kill him their wands collide um, and then Harry has, like, five seconds to escape and get back to the port key. The port key takes him back to Hogwarts, where he's like, he's back, he's back, Voldemort's <laughs> back, he killed Cedric. And Mad-Eye Moody takes him up to the castle to, like, talk to him about it, but then we find out that Mad-Eye Moody actually isn't Mad-Eye Moody, that he's Barty Cross Jr., who's been taking Polyjuice Potion to act mm-hmm. like Mad-Eye Moody, and then, um, Dumbledore storms in and rescues him, and saves the day, but the biggest thing is that Voldemort comes back to power in this book, and, um, major theme, I guess, would be Harry kind of has to struggle with being as part of the Triwizard Tournament, kind of without his best friend, because Ron just envies him so much and is mad at him, so I guess it's, like, the downside of fame and being Mm -hmm. popular is that, like, people can also bully you and be jealous of you for things that happen to you, and then he's also, like, slandered a lot in the paper, and things are, um, kind of twisted, but then also just, like, the competitiveness of the, the book is a big theme. Um, yeah. So, yeah. All right, the next book is Order of the Phoenix. I am not sure if I can begin to even tell you what I think this is about. Okay. (laughs) I assume a phoenix is involved. (laughs) in a way (laughs) (laughs) and harry potter has to do something yes okay (laughs) all right should i just go um yeah so this book starts off where um voldemort's back um and no one is talking to harry so he's really pissed so when he finally gets back um he goes to sirius's house um and everyone is there with a bunch of famous wizards who we'll get to know throughout the books, but um, he's really super pissed at Ron and Hermione and Dumbledore because they've just kept him in the dark all summer. So apparently, you know, he was being slandered and everyone was saying like Voldemort wasn't back, but um, the Order of the Phoenix is all meeting at Sirius's house and plotting of how to overthrow Voldemort again because they were like the army kind of that was combating him the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, but they wanted to keep it from Harry because he's already dealing with a lot on his own. So he's just having to deal with that. But when he gets back to school, there's a new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher who is Dolores Umbridge, who is the biggest bitch in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, 
(laughs) And that's to put it lightly. There's also another new character who I want to point out is Luna Lovegood, who is awesome. So they're at school and they're dealing with everyone's calling Harry a liar. Um, He's having to stick up for himself. His friends are having to stick up for him, but also like deal with the fact that, hello, Voldemort's back and probably wants to kill him. So he forms Dumbledore's army and all of the kids at, well, not all of the kids, but a lot of the kids at school join him where he is the defense against the dark arts teacher, essentially, because they're not learning magic in defense against the dark arts because the ministry who Dolores Umbridge works for does not want the kids to know any spells to defend themselves because they would have to admit that Voldemort's back. Hmm. So there's like all this stuff, but then Voldemort's also getting in Harry's head like pretty intensely. Um, So they're learning all these spells. They find out that um, Neville's parents were part of the Order of the Phoenix, so he actually comes from a very strong bloodline. Um, when it comes to that, and he wants to make them proud, which Harry promises they will, and it's a very sentimental moment. Um, Harry gets his first kiss in this book by Cho Chang, who um, is Cedric's ex-girlfriend. Um, you know, that doesn't really turn out so well, but <laughs> it's it's good for a little while for him. Um, nice buffer for everything else. So anyway, he has like this vision that Sirius is in trouble. So rather than talking to the mirror that Sirius gave him, that's a two-way mirror, he ends up going to the ministry and is trapped by Death Eaters. Um, But luckily, the Order of the Phoenix meets him there. So um, it's like Sirius and Lupin and Tonks, maybe a couple other people. Um, So they're all fighting Death Eaters. um, And Harry learns that he is the chosen one by a prophecy um and then there's a huge fight and bellatrix kills sirius and harry's super emotional and then he fights voldemort and he tells voldemort that he has something that he'll never have which is love and he feels sorry for him and then finally the minister of magic sees voldemort and goes he's back so (laughs) yeah fucking dumbass (laughs) yeah so (laughs) i think the major theme of this one is grief honestly um because you find out that neville's parents were tortured by bellatrix and they're still alive but he's they're not like in their right state of mind so they're in a hospital um so neville you find out that neville's grieving that luna's mom um died so she's grieving her uh, harry just went through a traumatic experience and found out that voldemort's back so he's just a mess So I think it's just like, it's okay to be vulnerable. And I think that's a huge part of this, but it's also okay to ask for help. Um, Like with Harry having to ask his friends for help. So, Mm -hmm. Mm yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, So the next book is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, which you have not seen the movie. Nope. And clearly haven't read the book. (laughs) Um, So can you give a guess as to what you think it's about? Um... Okay, I think I remember seeing somewhere online, is Neville technically the Half-Blood Prince? Oh my god. Is there, like, some theory about... Um, no. Close, close. What? (laughs) How Um, is it close? I mean, technically, Neville could have been the Chosen One. Yes. So, we just learned that in the fifth book, Voldemort comes back to power. Mm -hmm. So, the book starts off, and we're actually with Snape in his house. And he makes an unbreakable vow with Narcissa, who is Draco's mom, who we said mm. we would kill and Jack Mary kill, yep. um, that he will protect Draco and he will finish Draco's like task if Draco fails to do so. So an unbreakable vow, if you break it, you die, pretty much. Okay. So he has to see it through. Mm-hmm. Um, then Dumbledore goes and he gets Harry from his aunt and uncle's house because he wants him to do a favor for him before they go back to school, um, which is go to this dude named... Horace Slughorn's house, who is going to be the new potions teacher, mm-hmm. which means that Snape is going to be the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Okay. Finally, this is like Snape's one wish in life mm-hmm. is to be a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. So they go to Slughorn's house to try to convince him to come back and teach potions, which is what he used to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does. And then um, they go back to school. Harry gets this old potions textbook that once belonged to someone named the Half-Blood Prince. Mm. And it helps him a lot in potions. So he starts, like, excelling at it. 
Then Dumbledore asks Harry to come see him, like, regularly on these meetings. So he goes, and they look into a pensieve, which is where you can, like, view memories mm-hmm. that have happened before. So they go back in time, and Harry, through memories, and Harry learns a lot about Voldemort's history and his family. And um, it kind of talks about how, in the end, Harry is going to have to face Voldemort because of the prophecy where Harry is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Um and then Harry gets this memory from Slughorn where he learns that Voldemort has split his soul into seven pieces mm-hmm. or seven horcruxes. Two of them have already been destroyed, which was the diary and the ring. Um, so then they have two that they suspect are horcruxes. And then he kind of has to find the other ones. Um, Ron gets a new girlfriend, Lavender, who Hermione hates. <laughs> um, and Harry falls stuck in the middle of all their bickering. Then Harry is also a Quidditch captain in this book. Mm-hmm. And he's obsessed with Draco, which is why I hate this book. Is because, like, I mean, he's obsessed with Draco for good reason, but it's just so fucking obnoxious and it's mm-hmm. annoying. Um, and I just hate reading about it all the time. (laughs) Then throughout the book, Harry is falling in love with Jenny, which is my favorite part of the book Mm -hmm. because Harry and Jenny forever. Um, (laughs) then Harry and Dumbledore go off to find a locket, Merope's locket, which is Voldemort's mother. And they suspect that it's a Horcrux. So they go off to this cave to find it and they have all these like traps and challenges and all these things that they have to overcome. And Dumbledore has to drink this potion, which makes him, like, really weak. And then they come back to Hogsmeade. And when they arrive, they see that the dark mark is over the astronomy tower. So they go to the astronomy tower. And all these Death Eaters are there fighting. And um, pretty much Malfoy is there. And he's, like, going to kill Dumbledore. But um, he can't. He just disarms him. And then Snape ends up killing Dumbledore and um harry's devastated clearly and we all are got the locket but the the locket is a fake locket so they get the locket but it's Mm -hmm. not the right one it it was like a a decoy i guess you would call Mm -hmm. it that someone named rab found and Mm -hmm. left and says that he was going to destroy it but harry doesn't know if it's destroyed or not Mm -hmm. um and then dumbledore is buried and that's pretty much... I guess he and Jenny break up, too, which is sad. Aww. Because he's like, I'm going to have to go after Voldemort, and I don't want you close to me because he'll use you to get to me. Yeah. Aww. And then Ron and Hermione are like, well, you're not doing this alone, dummy. <laughs> Clearly, we're going to be behind you, mm-hmm. helping you. And, yeah, that's about it. Um, right. Major theme, I guess, would just be, like... One of the major themes of the entire series mm-hmm. is like love conquers all, yeah, and good versus evil, um, because Harry kind of has to face the fact that this is what his life boils down to, and he's he good is going to have to conquer evil, which is Voldemort. Mm-hmm. All right, so the last okay. book is the Deathly Hollows. So, what do you think that's about? Well, it's the last book. And I know that Harry Potter and Voldemort have a big fight. <laughs> and Harry Potter, he dies, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back, and then Voldemort dies. Correct. Yep. <laughs> yep. And don't they fall over a cliff in the movie? In the movie, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not a cliff. They, like, jump off of the tower. Yeah, in, in the movie but... they do. Oh, God. That's just... That's <laughs> Yep, that's about all I got. And then the series ends and at the end don't you do you see a glimpse of them in the future mm-hmm. of like where they are in life yeah. and yeah. everything. Who Definitely. becomes who becomes the big quidditch player? Jenny. Jenny. Mm-hmm. His wife. My girl. Yeah. All right. So the Deathly Hollows starts with um they're not going back to Hogwarts. So they have to all rescue Harry, basically, because he has. When he turns seventeen, the protection he had from his mom is gone. So everyone, well, the Order of the Phoenix and some Aurors come and um, basically rescue him to take him to Ron's house. So they all do that, um, and Ron's brother loses an ear in the process, which is very sad. Um, but not the saddest thing of the whole movie. Also, Hedwig, his owl, dies. 
which is also very sad. But again, not the saddest part of the whole series. So um, that's just the beginning. So then they're at Ron's parents' house um, for Ron's brother's wedding, where uh, Harry meets Luna's dad, who is wearing a weird Deathly Hollows, but he doesn't know it's the Deathly Hollows necklace. Um, so he begins to form a bit of an obsession for that, um, like logo type thing. Um, they also are symbol symbol. Yeah. A symbol. (laughs) Margaritas, man. All right. So I know I'm feeling it, dude. (laughs) So, um, they have to escape that, but also they're left things from, um, Dumbledore. So Harry is left a, a snitch. Um, it's the first one he ever caught. Uh, Hermione is left a child book. Like it's like full of like fairy tales, but wizarding fairy tales. Um, and then Ron is left like this lighter that basically can like put lights in places. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, then they begin after the wedding because it gets infiltrated by death eaters. So, um, they go on and they're hunting horcruxes which Harry knows about from the memories he saw of Voldemort. So they're going about their business. Then Ron gets pissed off because he thinks that Harry and Hermione are falling in love and also because the Horcrux is weighing down on him. So um, he leaves, which is sad, but also like they still had stuff to do. They go to Godric's Hollow, which is where Harry lived when he was a baby and where his parents died. And Harry fights this big-ass snake, um, who is Voldemort's snake which that is creepy in the book and creepy in the movie. Um, He also sees the Deathly Hollow symbol in the graveyard there where his parents are buried. Um, So then he decides to go to Luna's house to talk to her her dad, uh, where he learns about the three brothers and the Deathly Hollows. Um, But yeah, so then he's like, oh, like Dumbledore's wand. I think that's a hollow. So it's like a whole thing. Um, (laughs) It's just a big thing. There's so much that happens in this book that, like, you have to point out. Um, Yeah. So then Ron comes back and helps him destroy uh, Horcrux. Um, And then they get captured and taken to Malfoy Manor, where Dobby comes to rescue them. But then Bellatrix throws a knife and when they're apparating, which kills Dobby, which is sad. But again, probably not the saddest part of the series. Um, (laughs) And then... They're like, all right, well, we had to go back to Hogwarts. Well, first they break into Gringotts, which is the bank, and steal another Horcrux. But then they have to go back to Hogwarts um, because that's where shit always goes down, right? So um, (laughs) they go back to Hogwarts. They learn that Neville has headed up Dumbledore's army and is kind of like HBIC of Hogwarts. Um, Yeah, he is. My boy. (laughs) And then... um, Ginny doesn't even look at Ron, and Ron's like, what the fuck? And, and Seamus is like, well, he, she has a lot of brothers, but only, there's only one Harry, which is awkward, but true. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then they get down, and Harry screams at Snape, how dare you stood where he stood? And then, like, everyone starts to fight, and the big war breaks out, and then Ron and Hermione decide to go down into the... Um, Chamber of Secrets and get Basilisk Fangs so they can destroy Horcruxes. So they do that and then they come up and Ron's like, what about the house elves? And then Hermione drops all the Basilisk Fangs and kisses him because that's how it is in the book and oh. damn it, that's how it should have been in the oh. movie. God damn it! <laughs> so then everyone's fighting and people are dying. It's really exciting and really sad at the same time. And then he learns that Snape loved his mom and was protecting him and he's like what the fuck like what so then awkward (laughs) yeah so then he's like all right well I have to die so then he goes in and he finds Voldemort and he whispers to a snitch because somehow he's like oh um yeah I'm gonna have to talk to this thing so (laughs) he says about to die and then his parents show up and Sirius and Lupin because oh yeah Lupin died um and they like lead him to Voldemort and then he dies and then he goes to platform nine and three quarters and there's Dumbledore in his like death dream and Dumbledore's like you could go back to life if you want and Harry's like well yeah I'm 17 so he (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) 
So Harry goes back to life, but fools Voldemort until, like, the last possible second. And then, like, Neville's a badass and kills Nagini, which is the last Horcrux. And then Harry and Voldemort face off one more time, and he kills Voldemort. And his scar (laughs) stops hurting. And then 19 years later, he has a bunch of kids, and he's a great dad. And everyone's happy, and Ron and Hermione are married because, yes, they are. And... (laughs) <laughs> yep that is the deathly hollows okay i'm gonna need you to give me a definition of everything after you've had a margarita <laughs> i love it so much um also like i think the big thing about this book is perseverance um i think that's the theme because you know even ron who like wanted to give up he still persevered and realized he messed up and came back so I think that if Harry, like, it could have been so easy for him to be like, I'm just going to stay in the woods and, like, <laughs> I'm not going to do anything. Hide. Like, yeah, he could have done dead. that. And, yeah, he could have stayed dead. I mean, he he had so many opportunities to give up, and he didn't because he realized, like, he was the chosen one. This is the path that he had to take, and so many people had sacrificed for him, and it's, like, honestly the least he could do. So, yeah. Deathly Hollows. <laughs> so how do you feel i feel well overwhelmed i'll say <laughs> maybe but i wish i would have started reading the books when i was younger yeah and this is after like listening to like several podcasts of like i really like i wish i had something like harry potter to have grown up with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that the things that I read when I was younger, you read it at, like, certain time periods. Like, nothing I read got made into movies. There wasn't, like, a big kind of hype around the things that I liked as a kid that could also be things I liked as an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's what I really like about learning about Harry Potter and everything is seeing that everyone who loves it has loved it for, really like, a really, really long time. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I know anybody who is given Harry Potter a chance and read the books or just seen the movies and been like, "Mm, I don't really like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like it's a series that it honestly has something for everyone. Um, and I think the underlying themes that we tried to point out really, like they appeal to you at every age, like Mm -hmm. the acceptance thing. Yeah. As a kid, you need to learn, like you can't make fun of someone for how they look or where they come from, but adults still need that reminder too. Right, and, mm-hmm. I f- and you don't yeah. even realize that you're soaking in these messages because you're mm-hmm. so like distracted by like the magic and yeah. the like fantasy of it mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. But it really is when it gets down to it, it is teaching you life lessons over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, like there's so many things that we could dive deep into with like the minutia of the detail, but those are some overlying things. Um, do you have any questions for Emily or I about the Harry Potter series as a whole? Well, I'm trying to think of something that you guys haven't talked about before. <laughs> so are <but> we. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess my question, because I'm someone who hasn't read the books or anything, after you read your first Harry Potter book, which has probably been a, a long time, mm-hmm. back, think back to when you guys were kids, what... What was your first, like, reaction after being done with it? Um, so I read the first Harry Potter book with my dad. Um, we used to read books together um, every night. And my first, because I was, like, really, I mean, I was an outgoing, like, as a little kid. But I read these, like, when I was a little bit older and got a little bit more shy. Um, but I really identified with Hermione. And I know, like, this is probably true for so many girls, but... That's why I liked Harry Potter, because it wasn't showing, like, her being, like, the little love interest or whatever, and she wasn't shy. Like, she was a know-it-all, and she was... Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was a lot, but she knew who she She was. She was a strong female character that you don't always get in a lot of Mm -hmm. books. But also, like, I think I kept coming back, like Sam just mentioned, for the magic. Like, after that first book, like, I couldn't stop... And I would read them by myself. And I feel like that's why as like when I was older and read them again, like you just, you physically can't put them down sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah. I was going to say like 
my first reaction after I finished the first book was to immediately pick up the second book. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like, I started reading them, I think I was in, like, third grade mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, so I was, like, eight years old, eight or nine. Um, and it was really what got me into reading, which I think I talked about before mm-hmm. in a different episode. Mm-hmm. But it's really what, like, sparked my love of it. And I just read, I think it was the first four, just, like, straight off. Um, just back to back to back to back. And of course took the AR points, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but I, I was just hooked on it. And yeah, I think most of it was just, I love fantasy in general. Mm -hmm. I love fantasy and sci-fi. They're like my two favorite genres. Mm -hmm. Um, so just anything that's like escaping reality. And then the fact that there was this kid who was basically the same age as me, who was magic and, I don't know. It's just it. That's what got me hooked. But I kept reading, really, just for the the plot of good versus evil. And I mm-hmm. had invested so much time and love into these characters that I just wanted to see them win, basically, mm-hmm. and yeah. see it through, and have the defeat of good over evil. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think another question that I've thought of. So I'm a big media person. Uh, that's what I do in my real day-to-day life. Uh, but would you guys have rather seen Harry Potter be made into a movie series or made into a TV oh. series? Um, and have, like, each book could have been a season, I guess. I... I love the movies, and I I wouldn't change anything. I I don't think so. I think I would just stick to the movies. Because I feel like, you know, at least, like, especially when I went with Sam, um, it was just, like, this big event. Like, because you couldn't look forward to a book anymore, right? So it was, like, this big event that you Mm -hmm. just got so excited about and dressed up for. And, like, like, I'm telling you, Bailey, like, everyone was dressed up in that theater Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it was amazing like grown-ass people like remember that moaning myrtle (laughs) character who had like the toilet seat around their neck like my favorite was the golden snitch who ran around the parking lot asking people to chase her like those (laughs) movies like even when i was little and saw the first one with like all my cousins like i just remember being mesmerized for like the whole time and Mm -hmm. i feel like that would have been lost if it was like in a netflix situation Cause I would have mm-hmm. been at home in my leggings and like chilling, like you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like I would keep them as movies. I agree. I love the movies, and I think just the hype buildup of the movies is what made them so special. Like mm-hmm. there are parts that I'm just like, oh god, like I I hate the sixth movie. I've said that yeah. multiple times, just <laughs> mm-hmm. because it focuses on the wrong things a lot of the time. But. um and I hate how it just, like, all the directors kept changing. It's kind of like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But um, I do appreciate the amount of detail that a series can go into. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone watches Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones was... Yes. It's a huge series. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a huge book that goes into a ton of detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're able... They don't even hit on half the detail in the book, but they're able to hit on more because it is a series and mm-hmm. it can be broken into episodes, which... You know what? If they want to make Harry Potter into a TV series, I will watch that shit. I'll watch it. I'll watch. <laughs> I'll binge it. the shit out of that. <laughs> if they can go into like really accurate detail of the books in mm-hmm. a TV series more than they could in the movies, because like let's be real, they could have broken each movie into two. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the first three, but after that, they could have if they wanted to keep in the amount of detail that was kind of due to those books. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I, if I had to choose movie or TV series, I'll, I'll keep the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What would you guys say to someone who is in their 20s and maybe wants to read Harry Potter? I say go for it, man. <laughs> They're all on my shelf right there. You need to borrow yeah. I'd say, Check it out. I'd say go for it, but I'd also say don't be intimidated. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, they're children's books. But then also like, oh, they're huge. Right? Mm-hmm. So like just... It'll go by quickly. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, you don't even realize how big it <laughs> no. is. Like, you get into it, and then you're done reading the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I it's swear, like a day read. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
if you're Emily and I, like, you get the book, you read it, and it's done in 24 <laughs> like, hours. Like, we got those British versions while we were um, in England, and we were through, I think we were on the fourth book by the time we were on the plane home. And Yeah. Yeah, and we had gotten them, like... We were there for, like, ten days, and mm-hmm. we got them maybe on, like, the fourth or fifth day that we were there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyways, I would say just go for it, like... Even if it's just like you read a couple chapters a day before you go to bed, it's mm-hmm. it's. I think it's worth it just to be able to say that you know what Harry Potter is about, mm-hmm. and then you can come back here and we'll watch the movies <laughs> and it'll be great. So, do you think you should start reading? You should read the books first before you watch all the movies. I mean, I always, I always say, say that. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh God, <laughs> we're the same. So I always say that, like, right now I'm reading Crazy Rich Asians before I see the movie. So I would say read them. But also, like, I would, I don't know. If you watch the movies, I feel like you also have much more of an appreciation for the book because they do go into more detail. So either way. Yeah, I'd I'd say do it. Anything else? I don't think I have anything. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Um, Next week. We start our Fantastic Beasts trilogy, so that will be fun. Um, and don't forget to submit for the giveaway. Yes. And as always, follow us at HB Half Drunk on Instagram and Twitter. Um, subscribe and follow us on iTunes, Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast, and like us on Facebook to keep up with all of our news and our releases. And yeah, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye, guys. Mischief managed.